Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Presents Ghosts of Saltmarsh. I am Tom and I'm privileged to bring to you our latest offering where I will be running a thrilling ocean-themed Dungeons and Dragons campaign for my good friends Jake, Alex, and Troy. For those of you who don't know, we launched the RPG Academy Presents show on Twitch last year when we ran through Waterdeep Dragon Heist and you can catch our entire campaign now on YouTube. For our latest campaign, we wanted to offer our podcast listeners a chance to join in with us, so we've decided to bring our stream campaign to our podcast feed. With this said, each of these episodes was originally recorded as part of a live stream show on the RPG Academy's Twitch channel. There may be times where we reference the chat or make visual references, but we've attempted to minimize these as much as possible. The goal of this show is to show you, our listeners, how we decided to play through one of the official Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition modules. We try to use as many elements in the books as we can, but we also want to tell our own distinct story. For this particular story, we will be following the tale of the three estranged Morgan brothers. Gus Morgan, played by Troy, Steric Morgan, played by Alex, and finally, Morgan Morgan, played by the ever-serious Jake. These three brothers have not seen each other in 15 years and have now each received letters from an unknown sender requesting that they come back to their childhood home of Saltmarsh immediately, as their father has died. The only problem is that they've never met their father. We hope you enjoy our story as we dive headfirst into a tale of family, the high seas, and way too many nautical-themed puns. Let's set sail. Welcome to the RPG Academy presents Ghost of Saltmarsh. We got a few people in chat. You know, we love interacting with you. It's good to see Foxblade coming in for the for the Dungeon Dragon streams. You know, hopping over here from Michael's stuff. So, um, anyway, you know what? Brief recap. All right, we've been following the tale of the Morgan Brothers, and the Morgan Brothers have, you know, they've all started to at least Gus and Steric have needed to gather up around their brother, Morgan Morgan, in order to support him as he's going through a a dark time right now. Uh, Struggling, carrying around a demon-possessed blade, that seems to be... um, Minor, really. I remember last year at my family Thanksgiving, we had a situation where one of our relatives was carrying a demon blade as well. (laughs) Had an intervention and all that. It was a real mess. Did it go well or no? I'm not allowed to talk about it. So, but can you tell us is there hope for is there <laughs> is there hope for Morgan Morgan? There's always hope. I won't say it's a large rebellions you know, are built high on percentage. hope. That's right. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, dream. but anyway, so you will have Morgan has turned to privateering. And you all have been hired on, giving a a rite of passage, a note to privateer the Abbey Isle in order to take out a band of sea princes who have established a group of storm sorcerers who are causing all sorts of havoc on the Azure Sea as they seem to be creating these supernatural storms. So you all have traveled to Abbey Isle. The the 
the place where Steric Morgan spent a good chunk of his youth growing up before the Abbey was ransacked by slavers. It's all very tragic. Um, it's so sad. So sad. A tragic uh, backstory, guys. Tragic backstory. But you have returned, Steric, to the ruins. That's all. Yes, Indeed. the ruins. And you all have decided to dive deep into this abbey in order to find these storm sorcerers. And last time, you all came across a storm sorcerer that you I don't you first took him captive. His name is Hector. I don't you all remember Hector. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um Hector was so impressed. First he was scared, then he was too super sad and depressed, and then he was impressed. It was a whole he ran the gamut of emotions. And now he's part of your crew, you know? Standard case of Stockholm syndrome. So, all within five minutes. case of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you all continue to dive deeper into the abbey, into this the underbelly, the steric, you sense that you you see something in the distance in the hallways of this maze. Back to this. Ugh. This like being this. that appears out of nowhere down the hallways stares right at you, but as you blink, it is gone. So, what do you decide to do? In this terrifying situation, let me separate myself from everyone else. Yep. <laughs> that is what happened. It's only logical that you would do this. Only logical. Well, you know, I didn't trust Hector yet. You didn't trust Hector. That, uh, that he was truly leading us the right way since my uh, map or my re recollection of this area suggested there were traps down that direction. I figured he was leading us to our deaths. It may be, but you ran into a trap. I ran into a trap for myself. <laughs> yep. How the know was here? How the turns have tabled. Yes, All right. So, uh, well, yeah, so uh, after I blink and the creature is gone, I'm going to sit there. I feel like my heart is starting to beat a little bit harder. I can kind of feel it in my throat. Just the. <clears> throat> Just like that real heavy uh, heartbeat. Uh, you're you're uh, currently you're currently trapped under a pile of rocks. Too. Yeah. So I don't know if it's out of fear of the creature or this whatever I'm seeing, or of the, uh, the just the fear for my life that I was just crushed under a, a bunch of rubble. Um, but I'm gonna I'm starting to to get. A, kind of nervous here and and freaking out a little bit okay um, i need you to go to make a strength a strength roll as you try to get out of beneath this rubble just straight strength yes strength okay. saving throw oh strength saving throw okay that is an 11 okay that is going to be enough you just need to get above a 10 you're able to kind of push yourself out of there it's a lot of broken pottery and just junk and as you stand up, yeah, <laughs> she looks at you. <laughs> it looks at you. It is almost as you almost like pick your head up. You're maybe you're not even completely standing yet. It's just staring How far right into it? your face. The cold mist comes off of this obviously undead 
creature. It is wearing plate mail and with a with a face. Actually, you know what? Hold on. I got a pretty sure I have a pretty sure I got a picture of it, you know. Oh boy. Um in order to really, you know, mess I don't have a picture. It's very it's very the face is all torn apart. Steric. Oh god, who knows my name? <laughs> Alright, I think my heart starts to it almost it almost feels like it just stops. How far away is this thing? It's right next to your face. Oh, good. It's like right in my face. Okay, good. Uh yeah, I just like if there was any light in here, my face is just like ghostly white. Um not only at this thing being right in my face, but also that it just said my name. And I, I think I'm I'm rendered, he's rendered speechless at this moment. He's just, he is scared. And Terrified. At, at this moment, it starts to scream. Alright? It is just a blood-curdling scream. Morgan and Gus, you all hear this scream just echo throughout the tunnels. It appears to be coming north from where Steric was. And it just stops. Uh, any idea what that was, mate? Hector's going to look at you all. Uh, it's probably one of the... Um, there's a lot of very dangerous, <laughs> pretty terrible things down here. A lot of Creatures that died very uh, untimely, nasty deaths. You know. I just yelled down the hallway. Well, should we press Steric, on? Or we should okay? check on Steric. Steric? Do I hear? Do I hear them? A roll of reception. You don't hear them. You are so wrapped up in your bubble, and it just if, if Gus, there's no response. Um, Morgan, I, I think we should go back. Steric's not responding. Well, good luck. Hector's like, I think he'll be fine. Are you sure? I mean, that's that's our brother, and he's not responding. Trust me, he's been through far worse. He can take care of himself. That wasn't him, but it came from the direction that he went. Then he's probably okay. Maybe he just killed something. Steric, <laughs> hey, did you kill something? Uh, probably best not to shout in the dungeon we're sneaking around in. Well, I mean, we just heard a blood-curdling scream, so yeah, I guess it's that okay. That seems to be something that's normal down here, not really somebody shouting somebody's name. Yes, totally normal down here. Lots of blood-curdling screams and death, you know. Does Gus have like a, um, like a some sort of, I don't know, like a mythical connection to his brother? You know how like twins Ooh. can like you know, hear each other's thoughts and stuff and have the same emotions. Careful, Tom. You're you're falling into uh, Spy Kids 2 Island of Dreams territory here. Ooh, ooh, that was a deep cut. That's that was a good, Jake. Real you get deep cut. You get, you get inspiration if you do not have it. Yes! Okay. Guys, if you ever mention Spy Kids, you're going to get um, Shark Boy Lava Girl counts too. All right. So, what was the name of the villain I, in that where they were all but a bunch of like thumbs? Floop. Floop. 
Yep. Floop. 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 Floops. Floop. Uh, welcome. Floop with a P. Yes. Floop. Hey. With the floop hey. Yes. Welcome to the RPG Academy presents a rewatch of Spy Kids. You know. All right. Listen, guys. I <laughs> no, no, think no, no. That right. the original Spy Kids is much better than the reboot. Okay. Anyway, we're well. There's never mind. All right. Rain it in, Tom. Rain them in. Control them. You are the dungeon master. All right. So dungeon master. <laughs> Put the emphasis on the second syllable. Okay. All right. So, John, Master. Yes. Go ahead and I want you to go ahead and roll insight, Gus. What? If you do have a magical innate connection, you do not sense anything right now. I would like to say to just just as a point of for the for the narrative, I think Steric hears something, but between the scream and his fear, it would sound just like if his head was in a box and somebody was was talking out here. It's just kind of mumbled and it's like there's it's like something the, going like on. The but first he doesn't... scene of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Exactly. All right, Steric, I want you to go ahead and roll history for me. Oh, good. Ooh, okay. 15. As this creature is now going to reach his hand out to you, but it is not going to touch you. It's going to get just kind of close to you, and then it's going to pull back. Steric. There is chaos here. You must come with me. And at this point, you recognize the armor that this creature is wearing. Back when you were on the abbey, you remember the 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 priests would come down into this maze and they would be almost like escorting these knights and you don't ever remember the knights coming back, but they would just escort them down here. And this is one of those knights. Oh, very interesting. He says, you need to come with me. We don't have much time. Something has brought chaos into the maze. And at that point, that's when we cut back over to, it's almost just like a cut of way of Morgan Morgan's face. <laughs> All right. Uh and Gus is there with him. Morgan, Gus, and Hector. You start to round the curve. All right. I want you, Morgan. Looks like, according to this map here, you are in the lead. I want you to go ahead and roll perception for me. I will roll perception. 21. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, as you start to head down this cave, you sense... A trap. Hold it, boys. Hector, you're trying to lead me into a trap. No, what are you talking about? Right here. <laughs> and you kind of poke the floor. Sure enough, it starts to crumble away to a spike pit trap. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know that was there. Insight. All right, gonna roll insight. Not 20. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. So as you start to, as when Hector says, I didn't know that was there, you sense now that Hector knew there was traps down here, but he has no idea where any of them are. Hector, you haven't been yeah. honest with me. What do you mean? You didn't know where any of these traps were. Well, I, I knew that there's traps down here. Well, good. I was like, you can be lead careful. the way, then. 
Okay. <laughs> He's going to step over this pit trap. All right. And into this room. All right. Gus, do you follow them? I do. I follow them. All right. Inside of this room, you all have now entered into a, there is a large chest that's right. There's a door over to your, over to the east. There's a large chest that sits in front of an onyx statue of an elf. The elf is holding its hands down to the box as a gorgeously carved statue. The elf is almost, it's, it's a black statue, but it's almost like there's color that radiates through it. Other than that, there's small urns in this room as well. And there's several torches that are lit. All right, Hector, what's this room? This right here is one of the many treasure rooms. Good, go open the chest. So, that's the thing. We know the chest is trapped. Uh, and the sorcerers, the storm sorcerers said that, hey, we're not here for the loot. We're just here for the, the well of chaos. So, ignore everything. So, it's trapped. I'm not, I, I know it's trapped. Can I, I'm not trying to... can I use perception to see if I can figure out how it is trapped? Yes, you can go ahead and roll perception. 11. You cannot ascertain the method of the trap. Gus, what do you do? Um, so Gus, it doesn't really apply here, um, specifically. Um, but I want the audience to be aware that, uh, <laughs> Gus has danger sense, uh, which is a racial trait for barbarians. Uh, he can get an uncanny sense of when things around aren't as they should be. Uh, giving me an edge when I dodge away from danger. Oh. Um, and as a result of that, I would like to go try to open the chest. Okay. Well, as you go to open the chest, as, as soon as you touch it, you don't even open it. Mm-hmm. All right. This statue... Is going to start to change and it turns into this greenish black color. And its face morphs into a very familiar face that you have seen before. This statue morphs into the visage of the dread vampire pirate lord, Zolik. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Best friend. It's Gus immediately statue? rolls his eyes. It is a statue, but it is now seems to have movement. If I remove my hand away from the chest, does it go back to regular statue form? It does not. You need to go to make a dexterity saving throw, and you will have advantage because you have your danger sense. Correct. Ooh, Ooh. nice. Describe to us. It it's moves. It unnaturally. Its stone form takes out claws. It is going to try to cut you in two. So Gus is able to move away so quickly 
um, that the the visage of this vampire thinks that it's attacking Gus, but it's really just attacking the image of Gus. Uh, and meanwhile, Gus is actually standing, you know, way off to the right. Okay, way off to the right. That's mm-hmm. that's how that goes. And at this point, though, I want you all to go ahead and roll initiative. As things have now gotten very interesting. Also, I want Steric to go ahead and roll initiative as well. Okay. Ooh, Hector did not roll very well. Folks, he is still quite terrified. Freaking useless. That's a a good five, Steric. (laughs) All right. We're going to start out with Gus. You're up, which kind of makes sense. You're right there. This statue also doesn't appear to have any sort of life or like sentience to it, but it is the statue of the dread vampire pirate lord, Zolik. Um, so I would like to, I like to imagine that like, as I was kind of dodging out of the way, I was readying my weapon. Um, of course. So like the vampire, like as it was attacking the image of Gus, it kind of like slowly turns to the right and I'm already, you know, swinging my great axe at it. I like that. Nice. How does a 27 work? A tw- <laughs> That'll do. Okay. Holy cow. So that'll be nine slashing damage. Okay. Um, and then I want to use my uh, extra attack as well. Get another great axe swing in there. And that's a 12. Oh. I'm guessing that doesn't do it. That's also a nat one. You have a plus 11? I do. I'm a very strong boy. <laughs> but it's a, it is a natural one. You hit so hard with that first swing that your axe is now embedded into this creature, and it is going to require you to use an action to yank it out, or you're going to have to use another weapon. Got it. Okay. It was a really, it was a really good swing, though. Like I said, I'm a very strong boy. The strongest of boys. Gus does not miss arm day. He <laughs> does miss leg day sometimes, but never arm day. I can only do. I'm going to go ahead and use my bite. A 25. Alright. So, you are going to take 12 damage. Gus, you're also cursed. Oh, no. What is that supposed to mean? You're cursed for 10 minutes, and I have advantage on all attacks against you. Cool. Use my claws. A 20. So, you'll take 10 more damage. Cool. Hey, right. did we have a rest since the last time we played? Nope. Cool. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Get a good look at this old beautiful face of Gus Morgan. Because it might be the last time you see him. <laughs> All right. Morgan, you're up. All right. Um, Man, this is... This is not great because there's not a lot I can do to, uh, to help the situation. How much damage did you do, Gus? Um, nine. Oh, man. I don't think there's anything good that I can do other than just attacking. So, I guess I will, um, 
I'm going to pull out my rapier and I'm going to run at him and I'm going to do multi-attack. So I'll get two attacks. First one's a 15 to hit. 15 is going to hit. And the next one's a 25 to hit. That'll hit as well. Okay, so total damage will be 18 piercing damage. Okay. Okay. Um, also, when you pulled out this blade and attacked this creature, the creature, not because of your hit, it's almost as soon as you unsheath your rapier, it turned towards you very almost knowingly. All right, Steric, back up to you. This 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 being in front of you. And it's got like flesh falling off. Oh yeah, peeling off. Very its nasty. Face and just this horrifying looking being Steric, that just spoke to me. They they awakened it. You need to follow me now, and it's going to start walking down this hallway. Okay, I think I only make it about halfway down the hallway because I stand there. For a solid three of my six seconds for my turn. <laughs> in shock. And like, I I imagine the path behind me is, is covered, covered in rock. rocks. It now. would be, it would take a while to kind so, of get yourself through there. Yeah, so it's like, well, I can either go after this thing that I kind of recognize that could also be leading to my me my death. Leading me to my death. Or spend a bunch of time and try to crawl back. So I'm going to only make it... It looks like he dashed, but I'm only going to make it 15 feet. (laughs) So here's the thing. In order to... um, Because this this is the way I'm envisioning this. You're not necessarily in... Don't think of yourself as in the middle of the battle. So narratively speaking, if you wanted to only get halfway down the hallway, you can. So... But if you wanted to get all the way down the hallway, you can also do that. All right. Well, I'm going to say that I that I only make it halfway. That kind of makes sense because this thing is almost like unnaturally quick and almost disappears again and is down the hallway and is gone. I think like even though I I have dark vision and I can still kind of see it gets to a certain point where I it's too far away. And that's when I'm like, oh, 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 no, I need to I, I need to do something. And I just start running after it, but just okay. my normal. I guess instead of instead of dashing to for sixty feet, I'll only make right. it to thirty feet. Perfect. And I'll lose my action okay. this turn. Back down in the statue room, Hector sees his brave captain charge this creature. Captain, what should I do? Fire at it from range. Fire at it, but I'm not a I'm not a full storm sorcerer yet. Do your best, mate. But I do not have the ability to use magic. Yes, you do. We all do inside of us. Okay. You know what? (laughs) He is going to attempt to use magic. Remember, he is only a storm sorcerer apprentice who has requested that you allow him to be trained under the watchful eye of the of Steric Morgan, the, you know, the the known storm sorcerer. And, uh, he, you know, there is nothing that we love more than allowing a magic user to use magic who doesn't know how to use magic. 
All right. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what I was just about to do. Let's roll on a. Let's do a wild magic surge. All right. It's time to roll D one hundred. All right, and that D one hundred is a forty three. For the Ooh, next minute, you can teleport up to twenty feet as a bonus action on your turn. All right, so that's amazing. <laughs> so, Morgan, you sense there is when you tell him to fire, there is power emanating from him. It's almost like the air starts to glow warm. What Hector is going to teleport beyond this on the other side, almost like go he goes completely over you. Um Gus, he's gone, and that he's, you see him now on the other side of the room, and Hector is like, he is weeping. Just the, I've, I did it. Gus, did you see? I used magic. Yeah, I saw. Hey, um, can you do something, like, useful to the, the statue? I can. And he's gonna run up with his knife and hit it. <laughs> <laughs> And he's, oh, you know what? He's going to do three damage. Hey, that's good. He's going to do three damage. And you know what? Oh, that I just rolled for the wrong, I just rolled for the vampire. He's going to do it again. Oh, he's going to hit again. He's going to do five more damage. Alrighty. Well, oh, man. Damn. All the damage. Look at him go. So, while this is all going down, uh, it is now Gus's turn, though. Um, so, <laughs> so Gus, he still has his weapon, you know, lodged in this vampire statue. Um, yes. And he's not going to try to dislodge it. He's going to actually, um, first of all, go into a rage um, because he's been attacked and that hurt really badly. I, f- I fly into a rage as I'm raging. Um, I like to imagine that this is kind of like you know, in the in the anime world, how you get mm. the characters that seem like they're running for like twenty seconds to move five feet. Yep. Um. So Gus is going to do that. Um. And as he's running, he's going to take his um backpack off, um, empty its contents on the floor, and um use the the handle of his weapon to hoist himself on top of the vampire. Okay. And cover the vampire statue's head with his pouch okay you're going to try to cover this vampire head with mm-hmm. a pouch so hopefully he won't be able to see what he is a roll hitting. athletics as you attempt to climb up this statue okay 17 that's enough you're going to cover this statue's head all right, and then in one fell swoop too, I want to use my bonus attack. How tall is this statue, by the way? This statue is fifteen feet tall. Cool. Um, so like in one fell swoop too, I'm gonna jump off of the statue and throw a javelin behind me as I'm going as I'm falling to the ground. All right. Oh, do it. Roll your attack. Fourteen. That is going to tie. That is going to miss. But it was cool. Looking, it was cool. So. You're jumping through the air. It's very difficult what you just tried to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. But hey, if it's not if it's not worth doing, then it is what it is. 
All right, this statue is now going to turn its attention to Morgan Morgan. I'm glad that it gets to make all its attacks with disadvantage because it's blinded. A lesser GM would say, oh, no, it's a statue. It doesn't have real eyes. So, But you know what? It's blinded. <laughs> That's a very Jaden Smith thing to say. Does a 15 hit? It does not. <sighs> Get out of your Troy. Ah, uh, 24 is definitely going to hit, though. It does. You're going to take 17 damage. Yeah, this is not going to be good for us, man. All right, Morgan, you're up. Um, man, like, does this thing look like we're doing anything to it? You're definitely chipping away. You see, you see Hector when you were gone. Hector teleported. All right behind you all and Gus yelled at him Morgan you know he channeled his Morgan nature and said do something Hector and so Hector ran at it with a knife is this thing stuck in place it has not tried to move yet hmm I'm gonna I'm gonna try a real Morgan move here um can I since it's blinded uh I wanna just like crouch way down Grab hold of the chest and drag it over here. <laughs> Go ahead and roll athletics as you try to drag this. 19. Oh, yeah. Gus, you see Morgan just go down. You think, oh, he's going He's going to get him low. Morgan grabs the chest and starts to back up. <laughs> That's a classic Morgan move right there. <laughs> All right, Morgan, you got the chest. I'm going to kick it open and see what's inside of it. Hopefully something to help us in this dire situation. (laughs) Mayhaps some healing? Make a dexterity saving throw as you open the chest. Oh my gosh. Twelve. Guys, this is good. All right, you're going to take 48. You're going to take... Oh, that's not too bad. You're going to take 12 poison damage as a poison dart. Is it going to hit oh, you? You said it's poison damage? It's poison. Um, Are you resistant to poison because of your evil blade? I might be. Um, But while you're figuring that out, uh, yeah, yeah, Morgan, to me. this chest is full of coins. That's gold. It? Gold coins, coins. With a note on top of the coins. Of the Caribbean. The coin says, "Dear the thief." Coin says what the the coin not that the note says. You can see it clearly. I was like, top. "Man, we have talking coins. That's, That's pretty cool." It says, "Dear thief, a lot of work for nothing, wasn't it?" Wow that that makes me angry. Chew on that. All right, Steric, you're up. <laughs> we should shouldn't mess with the treasure. A bunch of monks. Tom knows that we will always go for the honey pot. <laughs> always. It's so easy. For sure. 100%. It's so easy. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I've lost what, what I can tell on the map here. I've lost sight of this death or yes. dead knight. So I'm going to move my, uh, my 30 feet here, rounding the corner. And I can see um, with my dark vision at least... Uh, it appears as dim okay. light in here, if nothing else. There is. For 30 Steric. Or so. 
You enter into this room. It is a large, it is a large room, and it is dark. And just standing in this room is this knight. And he just raises his sword and points to almost like a, it's a stone mannequin. All right. (laughs) That just, it has a cloak draped over it. Okay. The cloak is a as okay. a some sort of dark dark color. A dark dark, dark color. Dark color. And the knight is going to say to you, Steric, take the cloak. Through order there is control. Head south. Take control. I I managed to, like, mutter very, very under, well, probably too loud for the situation, for how he's acting, but I'm just, like, ran down the hall, and like, okay, what, to myself, and I'm gonna walk towards the statue, like, every couple steps turning and looking back at the night. Still not 100% sure that he's not going to just come up behind Mm -hmm. me and rip my head off. And I'm going to reach out towards this mannequin. And Alex is hoping that it doesn't jump out and grab. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, jump scares. God. But I'm going to reach out and, and touch the cloak. Do I recognize the cloak at all? Anything I ever saw or ever would have seen come into the temple not the, the, uh, the until you touch the cloak okay so once you touch, touch the, the cloak, cloak we're gonna just say that the knight is now almost next to you on the opposite side of the <sighs> of this mannequin when you touch the cloak yeah. the cloak actually starts to there's lights almost on the cloak and you have you remember that you have you saw one person enter into this abbey at one time wearing this exact cloak. This is, I'm going to show it to you. This is what it looks like. Oh. Alright. That's and cool. It is the, the knight is going to say to you, this is the robe of order. You look like you could be in Fantasia. He <laughs> says, Definitely. To fight chaos, it requires order. Steric, this was meant for you before you were taken too soon from the Abbey. This is your birthright. What? I'm, I think Steric is like very much like, what, what are you talking At about? At that point, just so many questions. The knight is right going now. to crumble into a pile of bones as you have taken the grobe. He has served his purpose. You now have this cloak. This cloak is going to give you plus one bonus to saving throws while you wear it. But more importantly, you have six charges of a certain spell. Uh, that spell is temporal shunt. 
Are you are you familiar with the old temporal shunt? I believe that's a medical I'm procedure. Familiar with the temporal. <laughs> wait, you don't, wait. You don't know the temporal shunt, Alex? When you target the triggering I, creature, I you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or vanish, being thrown into another point in time and causing the attack to miss or the spell be wasted. At the start of its next turn, the target reappears where it was in the closest unoccupied space. The target doesn't remember you casting the spell or being affected by it. It's it's a control. Like this guy, he has said that through control comes order. This allows this is going to allow you to control situations. When people attack you, you can cast temporal shunt as a to basically as a reaction to basically throw them three seconds into the future. Causing them to miss. Alright. Okay. Yeah, I've got to pull it up here. Okay. Uh very interesting. Uh, it's bit and does this robe require attunement? Um, we're going to say no. Oh. Tom hates attunement. So I can steal it and then I can have it. <laughs> also, while you wear this ro- <laughs> while you wear this robe, you can use an action to enter the astral plane. All right. You have this ro- you have this okay. robe and now steric. To the south, you hear a battle going on. Yep. All right. I think uh I have the like the cloak pulled off the mannequin here in my hands and I'm looking at it and you get the <laughs> and it cuts away. Okay. And it is now going to be Hector's turn. Alright. So, Hector is just sees Morgan start... What would Hector feel if he sees Morgan start to drag away the the, the chest? As soon as Hector looks at me, I'm just going to say, don't look at me. You focus. <laughs> Hector's going to focus. Okay, Captain, I can do that. And Hector's going to attempt to use some magic again. Okay. And you know what? We're going to allow Hector. Hector is going to succeed on his magic. And he's going to, but he's only going to roll a four. So he is not going to succeed on his magic. But Hector attempted to use shocking grass. Morgan! It's just, it's not working for me. Believe believe in yourself. Captain, you telling me that is all that I need. (laughs) (laughs) We're totally gonna have this vampire kill him. Alright, so, um, Gus, your turn. Okay, um, Gus is going to, I guess, kind of maybe flank the vampire um, and kind of get him It's blinded, him. so you can, no matter where you attack, you can get him. Oh. Infinite, infinite flanking. Will I take an attack of opportunity if I move away from him? No, he's blinded. He doesn't get attack okay. of opportunity I'm, while blinded. I'm going to take, take a couple steps back um, and throw another javelin at him. Okay. Throw your javelin. 22. That's going to hit. 12 piercing damage. All right, man. And then I'm going to use my... uh... Well, so I threw that other javelin and missed. I'm going to, like, during my turn, walk over and grab it. (laughs) (laughs) And use my extra attack to throw it again. Okay. (laughs) That'll, That'll hit. Another 12 nice. piercing damage. Man, nice. 
you guys are so lucky that I don't make you guys use your actions to pick up weapons. <laughs> it's technically bonus action, I think. I don't know. Nobody wants to do that, though. That's lame. All right. Yeah, that's boring. Vampire time. He's going to now go ahead and bite Hector. Disadvantage. He's going to still bite Hector. It's going to do 11 damage to Hector. Oh, Hector. My. Hector is not looking good at this time. And then All right. th- this vampire is going to... Oh, he's going to miss Thank Hector. God. Oh, my word. Morgan. I need to know the, the ceiling here. Tell yes. me about the ceiling of this room. The ceiling, Are there chandeliers on the ceiling? The ceiling is a rough cut stone so ceiling. If- Let's say, for example, I was going to shoot a bursting arrow that has like a force kind of explosion. Yes. Would it cause a big chunk of the rock to cave in where Ooh. I shot it? You know what? I'm going to say, yeah, just looking at this based on All the... Right, that's perfect. Yeah, for Here's sure. Here's what Morgan's going to do. Okay, Morgan is going to move 5, 10, 15. He's going to flourish his cloak, reach inside, and you hear a tear as he tears off a black square of fabric. I'm going to throw it down at the feet of this jade statue, and it's going to create a 10-foot pit right where he's standing, and he's going to fall 10 feet down. Then I'm going to pull out an arrow, shoot a bursting arrow, and try and bury him in the 10-foot pit. Did I give you one of those robes with all the patches? You did do that. That's my only pit. Why do I do that? Also, um, Liz... Lazelle129 in chat says that object, you get one object interaction per turn. So, you know what? You're you're good to go, Gus. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lazelle. All right. So, um, you just, is that just what happens? You just make a pit? Yeah. You fell into the pit. In the pit. So, and then he did fall 10 feet. So, whatever falling damage you want to give him. And then whatever you want for the raining rubble on top of him. Man. And so technically that's only one attack as well. Oh my word. He will also, he'll get the bursting damage because he'll be within range for the bursting as well. So he will take. And then we're going to do 2d6 for the rubble. Nine damage. And then he'll get another 2d6 from my arrow bursting above his head. Nine more damage. Oh my word, so that's 18 damage. So would you say he's like incapacitated or anything being buried in rubble or Um We are about to find out. Well I saw one more attack. He is he is like I said, the statue I said was fifteen foot tall. So five feet of it is still standing out, and it is not incapacitated. You've just done a lot of damage to it. Uh in that case I'm just gonna I'm gonna shout for everybody to move back, and then I will uh, slash at its neck with my rapier. You're just like six to hit. You're just like everybody stand back, and you just hit it with your sword. Yeah, thirteen damage, <laughs> and then I'm going to uh, since he's blinded, I'm gonna move back against the wall. Okay, it is now Steric's turn. It's Steric. Um. Yes. You now have this cloak of order. All right. Yeah. So I I was taken off down around yeah. the the bend here. So I will 
get to the edge, peek around the corner, see if there's yes. nothing there, and then use to for thematic flavor. We are you can get all the way through this hallway. It is just a. Same. I'm going to tell you that you could hear. Like I'm going to move you. You can totally hear where it's coming from, and there are no traps in this portion of the hallway. Okay. You can hear Hector screams. Right. You can hear Hector ah! screaming. All right. Through the door, if you burst open the door, you see chaos. You see a large stone vampire statue sitting in a pit as your brothers are just wailing at it. Hector is like, Hector has like small sparks of magic that are appearing at his fingertips, but it's just not doing enough. What do you do? Um, I will see the creature and I will uh, reach out and cast Frostbite on the statue. I like to think that Steric says that as he's casting Frostbite. He's just like, Frostbite? Huh? <laughs> Alright, what does Frostbite do? Uh, I cause a... I don't know if it, this is gonna work because it's alive, but it's a statue. I don't know. Cause numbing frost to form on one creature that I can see within range. It needs to make Ooh, a con save. A con save. A 20. It passes. Nothing happens. But what would this do? Well, it would have done 2d6 cold damage, and it would have had disadvantage on the next weapon attack roll okay. before the end of its next so, turn. So, there's definitely magical energy now. <clears throat> Morgan, Gus, coming from the northeast side of this room, a door has opened, and a unknown, robed and hooded, person has stepped through and has started to cast magic into this room. So, and since we don't have this deep mystical brother connection, we don't know for sure that it's him. Oh, I I don't know. Can I roll and see if I think that it's him? Let's see here. You know what, Gus? You can go ahead and roll. Roll insight. 14. You know it's Derek. I whisper under my breath. Brother. <laughs> do you do you have like a do you have like a, a very sly smile? Mm-hmm. Yep. It grants me the Great job you know, son. the motivation to move forward despite me being very injured. Okay. At that point too, <laughs> Hector turns and sees Steric. Now wearing a a very cool robe, and Hector is inspired. He is like, even though you have not accepted him under your tutelage, Steric, he is like, that's my master right there. And he's going to go ahead and roll an attack. You know what? And he's going to hit. Yes! He's going to do four damage! Hector! Whoa! Hector is like, guys... He looked, Morgan, I believed in myself, and it worked. I almost like the idea that you call him son, and he's a little bit older than you, actually. <laughs> All right, Gus, you're up. Okay, so um, my great axe uh, means a, quite a great deal to me. 
Um, and my brother Morgan has mostly buried this thing. Um, so I'm going to go forward and attempt to recover it. Um, but as I'm reaching for the handle, um, Gus gets this idea to start just punching the back of the, of the axe blade, um, in hopes that it'll like chip off whatever it's in. I don't remember exactly where it hit, but wherever it's in, he's just going to punch it a couple times, you know, to, um, see if it'll chip off. Now, is that just like a unarmed strike or is that technically a great axe <laughs> attack? I like to you, I like the, this is like or one of those scenes mean. where somebody is like kicks the dagger into somebody like yeah you know what it's gonna roll your attack okay 28 you're gonna do it wow. you punch the axe and that's 19 damage 19 damage <laughs> all right this statue is going to explode and when it does, I need everybody to go ahead and make dexterity saving throws. I get advantage on dex throws. Which is good, because it's a 15. <sighs> uh, you failed. Uh, it's not that bad, though. You guys are each just going to take two damage from shrapnel that hits you. What about Hector? What does Hector do? Ooh, that's right. A good call. Let's see if Hector is able to make his save. Hector fails. <laughs> oh, Hector. Oh, I mean, Hector. he's standing right next to him. And this creature has exploded. And in its place where this statue was, is floating a black diamond. I grab it. You grab the diamond. Mm-hmm. We have um, we have a cutaway scene back on the Azure Sea. A storm is brewing, and there's a ship, a large monolith that travels across the waves with tattered sails and a flag that a black flag with red teeth on it. As the dread vampire lord Zolik stands at the helm and almost simultaneously Gus, when you grabbed that gem, his eyes are going to open up and they turn blood red. A smile is across his face. Ooh. Said, So they've found it. Thank you for joining us for the RPG Academy Presents Ghost of Saltmarsh. If you'd like to join us for our live-streamed episodes, make sure to follow and subscribe to our Twitch channel at the RPG Academy. You can follow me at BezkarTom on Twitter. Please feel free to join our community by following the links in the show notes to our Discord. As always, we appreciate your support. And if you're able to and wish to support the show in any way, head on over to our Patreon. The music that you're hearing right now was composed by Kevin McLeod and is used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. And finally, don't forget, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.
Uh, every day is another day closer to Halloween.